When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads. My name is Connor Lamonds. I'm here with my lovely co-host Justin Golba here for episode 82. We have Ohio State recruiting news this week, Justin, um, and we don't get recruiting news like this nearly as often as Ohio State football folks get because you simply don't need as many players in the recruiting classes. But anyway, Ohio State lands a commitment from a three-star small forward, Colin White out of Ottawa Glandorf a high school up in Northwest Ohio near Finley. He is the second member of Ohio State's 2024 recruiting class, Justin, and potentially that could be it. Yeah, um, it's it seemed like from what Adam Jardy was saying, it won't be it. I think they're pretty dedicated on adding a big man in this class. So I do think they'll try to add either. Seems like they're pretty much narrowed it down to Jaden Quantins, Aiden Sherrill, and Trent Burns. I haven't heard much about Trent Burns, but... I know he was he was on the they're on their radar. So um, it seemed like it was like either get Colin White and add three to the class, or don't get Colin White and add and and have a two man class. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a good addition. He's a good wing. I kind of said this. I kind of echo the same thoughts I had when they transfer when they got Evan Mahaffey as a transfer. Not every recruit, not every transfer has to have like some big strong opinion about it one way or the other. You know, he seems like a solid player. He's a three-star. He's still a top 150 prospect in the country, which I don't – it's times like these I don't think people quite realize how many high school basketball players there are. Like, to be a top 150 player in the country, you're still really, 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 really good at basketball. So, you know, he's not a, he's not a five-star. He's not a top 40 guy. But, um, you know, he seems like he can be a solid four-year contributor probably. It's always interesting to me because you see all these, like, I went and looked just to make my point here. Like on Facebook, for example, the article you wrote about him committing has like 50, 60 right. comments. The 11 Warriors article has like 200, 250 comments. Of all those people, and they're all negative. You know, they're all, oh, three-star, you know, because people never know how to shut the fuck up. But of all those people, <laughs> I would I would be stunned if 10 of them have watched this kid play basketball. You know what I mean? Like he plays, he he plays for Ottawa Glendor. <laughs> like it's not like you could turn on ESPN and watch him play. 
you know so it's it just I, it's hard for me to I, and i've seen some highlights and stuff and, I, and i've watched him play a couple of times i actually covered him once um when he was like a year ago uh when he was at Ottawa, well, it's still at Glendorf, but when i covered them once uh in a playoff game you know he, he's a very good player i mean it's it's you don't have to have like this crazy strong opinion. We get so caught up in recruiting rankings and all the numbers and stuff. Remember again, to this time, what two years ago, Bryce Sensabaugh was a junior. He was a he was like 150th, you know, because of injuries and stuff, and his ranking was way down. And then he blew up. This kid still has one more year of high school basketball. Any anything could happen. So I just I think we get way too caught up in the recruiting rankings. Anybody that's seen him play, all the people that are like locally to Ottawa Glendorf and people that comment. They love him. They rave about him. So yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um, so it's it's like I, anybody that's actually watched him likes him. So I I'm, I'm willing to take their word for it. I was just gonna say that Re- regardless of if it's basketball or football, um, I will say that with most of the Ohio State sports sites and blogs, it is the recruiting articles that typically like will blow up. Um, meaning like if you go on Facebook and you basically like when you start doing your team preview articles. Um, which I'm sure you're probably getting into in the next week or two. Like when yeah, you actually, write the your... first one, will, the first one will be out uh, today for listening to this. So see, shameless plug. I'm starting. I'm, start we... I'm starting with players, so it'll be Austin Park. But just saying, nevertheless, Good there thing. we go. So like when you write, I guess it could be your Austin Parks player preview, or if you were to do like a team by team, like I'm gonna Purdue uh, preview, like say the Purdue Boilermakers, that gets thrown on Facebook. Like our Facebook page, it might get like 20 or 30 likes. Like it gets a little traction, but not like crazy. You throw literally anything about recruiting for football or basketball on Facebook and you check back in a day, it's going to have 500 to a thousand likes. It's going to have close to a hundred comments or more people locked the recruiting articles. So I also went to look at comments and it was like, you got a bunch of people saying lovely, another three-star forward to fit the bench. But then there are a few comments um, from people that it looks like are from Northwest Ohio that are like, you know, oh, like I've watched this kid play for the last, you know, three years at, at OG. He's just an absolute, he's just an absolute grinder. We love him. He's worked so hard for this. This means so much to us here at Ottawa, in Ottawa. Um, you know, coaches that are like, I coached him when he was younger. Like, they're not going to regret taking this kid. So it's like, I feel like the people that have seen him play in person, I feel like the the sentiment that I'm getting is like a very good, like, culture guy a la like Kyle Young like you're gonna be really glad you have him on the team you're gonna be really glad glad he's part of your program which is I love seeing that but it is always a a a tough uh, it's a tough situation with in-state players I think we've talked about it before when you have in-state guys there was another guard that whose name is escaped Rayvon Griffith right yeah I mean he was also like a high he's a person he was a high yeah he was a high three-star right yeah, yeah. He ended up going to what Cincinnati? Cincinnati, I think. Right. Yeah, Cincinnati. So like he was a high three star. That's another example of a guy. It's like, and I think maybe Laurent Rice was another one. Maybe Rayvon Griffith was a four star, and Laurent Rice was the three star. But yeah, when you Ra- get these Rice three, went to Murray State, I believe. There, I think that's what I'm thinking of actually. When you get these three stars in Ohio, and and you're the biggest brand in Ohio, Ohio State, you're kind of in a lose lose situation where if you if you do recruit the Laurent Rices and the Colin Whites that are three stars and they go to your program and they only pan out about as much as you'd expect a three star to do, then it's, you know, why would they waste a scholarship on this guy? But then if you let 
Laurent Rice go to Murray State, you let Colin White say go to Butler, and they show out and they average 12, 13 points a game, it's, geez, man, how do they let this guy get out of their backyard? Because Ohio State can't, you know, they can't recruit and take every single Ohio player, so they really have to pick and choose which ones they bring into that program. It's such a tough give and take. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to read you his five schools he chose, and I want you to see if you can make a connection. That I, I made a connection here, and it, it might be reaching, but I'm curious if you see it. Ohio State, Butler, Cincinnati, TCU, Northwestern. What stands out to you about those schools? Mm. Outside of a really cool color palette. Like you're saying, you drew it like you drew a parallel from all five together. Yes. And this might just be because I couldn't sleep last night. And unfortunately, when I can't sleep, this is the kind of things I think about. No, I got I've got nothing. I, I feel like TCU is kind of a weird. Well, like TCU, TCU actually TCU actually brings my point home. Coaching. What is it? Okay. What about it? Just look at the coaches that it is. Butler, Stadmata. I don't need to really explain that one. Since he's West Miller, one of the best young coaches in the game, and I mean incredibly well respected. TCU's Jamie Dixon. If you follow college basketball, he's one of the most underrated coaches in the past decade. And Northwestern's Chris Collins, who I think has overachieved in Northwestern, even though they haven't done much. I mean, Northwestern is just good luck. So, and then Ohio State's Chris Holman. All of those five coaches, I would trust with almost anything because of what they've been able to build at certain programs that they've coached. I mean, Jamie Dixon at Pittsburgh, Wes Miller at UNC Greensboro. Like I said, Chris Collins at Northwestern. His dad is Doug Collins. I don't need to explain that one. You know, Chris Holman has had success at every level. These are all coaches that I, and then again, I don't need to explain that mod to any Ohio State fans. These are all coaches that I would, if those five guys see something in him, I'm going to trust them. I'm going to trust that they see something that they can turn into a solid player. So, and they're also all brands that they all have uh, potential to kind of overachieve for what they are, if that makes sense. Like TCU, I don't think many people expected them to have a guy like Mike Miles, right? Cincinnati. You know, you, you you have some of the people they've had over the past five years, Jaron Cumberland, all these guys, they've been able to develop into real stars. Butler is the same way with just the coaches they've had and the, the history of Butler over the past 15 years has been incredible. And like I said, Northwestern, I think, um, you know, they've been just murdered by the transfer portal and they're still able to put out pretty respectable teams every single year. So I when I look at those five schools and I look at those coaches, all those coaches offering that kid. I'm okay with with what they see, and I'm just going to kind of trust them at that rate. Yeah, because, I mean, right now he is um, on the 24-7 composite. He's the number 153 player in the country as it stands. Um, usually it depends on the class, but I, I want to say it's somewhere around like the 100 or 110 is where you see the shift from three to four star. So if yeah. he has a good uh, senior year, um, very reasonable to think that he could – jump up to four star at some point during his senior year. I it's also I predict he will because he's been rising. The same things that people said about Austin Parks, which we'll see if that you know we'll see if, if those people were right or we may not really know how Austin Parks pans out until we've seen him for maybe two full season. Up in Northwest Ohio, I would say is probably the weakest competition as far as high school basketball compared to Northeast Ohio and Southeast Ohio. And obviously central Ohio has some, has some giants. Um, 
playing in like more the, the the more rural athletic leagues in Northwest Ohio, like the Buckeye League. I think that uh, both Austin Parks and Colin White were up in Western Buckeye League. I think the WBL. It's just not quite as competitive. You don't see any big powerhouses. You don't have as many big time talented players. So some people might take that for a grain of salt and kind of downplay what guys in that league have done because they feel like they're not playing high-end talent. Yeah, and I do get that. Um, I mean, Iowa Glandorf, you're more familiar with the area. That's more – that's like Toledo, right? Or am I wrong there? It's it's literally – it's like one exit before Finley. Okay. Um, I will say, you know, he does play for Indiana Elite, which is, you know, they're, they're playing the top level. Uh, he's playing the top level of skill in AAU. And that's kind of where he blew up was playing for Indiana Elite and playing AU. So that's definitely something that, you know, if if you want, um, I guess you'd say pedigree or kind of whatever the word is, you know, that's where you can find it there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's, it's like I said, I don't, you know, I've seen him play a little bit. I it's the comments always kill me. I don't, I look at him just for fun, but like somebody was, you know, I just beg everyone, please, for the love of God. We not every white player is the same. I mean, oh my God, the all all the comments were like, "Good, we need another John Diebler." Like, what? What? That's not John Diebler is a top ten shooter to ever grace a college basketball floor. You might never see another John Diebler at Ohio State. That's just how this works. It's like the the kind of weird pressure we're putting on kids, and just because he's white, you think he can shoot. He is a good shooter, but he's tough. He's kind of more of a slasher. He can get into the lane. He can create his own shot. He's more of a, I'd say, like, it's hard to compare to anybody. If there's anybody I compare him to over the past, like, I guess, 10 years that I've seen at Ohio State, it's like a Mickey Mitchell because he's a little bit taller, a little more of a forward, a wing. Uh, I do recognize that he's also white. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of where I see. I know the Ohio State fans might have just said who when I said Mickey Mitchell, but because he was not on campus long. But. That's kind of what I said. I mean, he's a little bit bigger than I think people give him credit for. He can shoot the ball, but he's not John Diebler. He's not coming in as he's just going to be. He's not the best shooter in this class. <laughs> I mean, Junie Mobley is. So, you know, if there's there's two guys in the class, and he's the second best shooter. So we just we got to kind of limit the weird expectations that we put on. Like, I, I don't know why. I I saw a couple comments like that, like Ohio State hasn't had a good shooter since Diebler. It's like, no, that's not true. They haven't had an all-time shooter since Diebler. But you might never see that kind of shooter again because, again, he's one of the he's the greatest to ever play in the Big Ten. I mean, that's just I don't know. I think people kind of overestimate how hard it is to get somebody like that, you know, to find somebody like that. John Deeble had like 4000 high school points. I mean, it's, it was insane what he did. So just let's just let him just let him get on campus. Let him play. He's still like I said, he still has a year of high school left, which could elevate his status or lower it. Who knows? Just depends on how his year goes. I'm, but the way he's been rising, I'm going to assume it's going to elevate it. So I'm excited to see kind of – it's nice to get high recruits, but you're always worried they're going to leave so quick. It's nice to have a guy that I think is going to be a four-year guy that you can really develop, really get into the system, and really try, try to work with. So I don't, I don't have any problem with this. Yeah, my uh, – when we were talking a second ago, my, I think my internet cut for just a second after I after I said – you know, it's he's it's the exit. Ottawa's the exit right before Finley. But I, I think I got back in and heard everything that you said. So hopefully, I didn't cut out there before you're talking. But uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I also think it's, it's really cool that basically Ohio state didn't offer him until about four weeks ago. Um, the, the kid was, the kid said in, he talked to the dispatch, the Columbus dispatch this week. And, um, you know, basically said he's been an Ohio state fan growing up, um, up in Northwest Ohio. Um, there is, there is a pretty good, a pretty decent patch of Michigan fans up there, but there is still a ton of Ohio state fans, especially in the more rural areas. And he said, basically he's been going to these Ohio state camps every summer. He has visited Ohio state. He has done all the things that he thought he needed to do to get an offer. And it's still, as of July, there was no offer from Ohio state. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to offer you yet. Like we want to basically Holtman and the staff told him there are things that we need to look. We, we want to see you get better at certain things before we offer you. Like as it stands right now, we're, we're not ready to give you an Ohio state offer. And so the kid, keeps busting his balls, keeps, keeps just working his butt off to get better at basically they said his outside shot and on ball defense to earn the, to earn the singular offer he has been waiting for to go to the school that he's always wanted to go to. So for no other reason, there's, you, you have to pull for him to succeed at Ohio state because that's where he's wanted to go. And they essentially told him you're not good enough yet to get an offer. And eventually he, did get the offer and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how that pans out. Holtman has, you know, Holtman and his staff, they've been consistently recruiting top 50, top 75 guys. He is not that right now. Um, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the coaching staff isn't allowed to comment on their recruits until national signing day, which correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they have one in November or is it just February? I don't know. Those things are so hard to keep up with. I'm like 85% sure that they have a, a signing think, day in November. I think November. you're right, but I, I'm not positive. And if not, it would be till February. Um, but we'll, we'll go with November for now because I think they have an early signing day in November. Even that means you can't even ask Chris Holtman or Jake Diebler or any of the staff about him until November, which is September, October, three months away. So I really, really, really would like to hear from the coaching staff what kind of things they liked about Colin White, maybe like what kind of things, what improvements did they see that led, that changed it from them, that flipped it from no offer to be like, okay, we're ready to offer you. Cause they haven't really been recruiting guys outside the top 100, the last two recruiting classes. This is a little out of the norm from their recent recruiting trends. It's just, it. I think the dialogue can get lost sometimes in just of like, in this world of like everybody can have an opinion right away, you know, everybody can comment on something. I just think we just need to let him get on campus play. I mean, we act like there's never been a three star to succeed in college basketball. You know, like if if it was all about look, start, don't get me wrong. Stars are important. That's the the notion that like stars don't matter. That's just coach speak. It's dumb. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. However, stars are not the only thing that matters. Uh, hence what we just saw in the final four. I would be stunned if there were three or four or five stars in the final four. I know Donovan Klingon was a five star. Like outside of that, not a single one of those guys jumps to mind as a five star. So, you know, if if the stars were all that mattered, Calipar, John Calipari would have a lot more than one ring. I'll tell you that much. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we, I think we've covered this one pretty good. I would, I guess I would, I would just advise fans to not watch them jump to, yeah don't jump to any crazy <laughs> reactions don't jump to any massive assumptions really about any recruit it's okay to be excited about recruits you should be excited about recruits if you go watch the film you should be excited about 
um, you know, an Ohio kid that's always wanted to go to Ohio State, working to get an Ohio State offer, um, and that, that, that is very excited to be a part of that program. They're not going to expect this guy to step in and, and, and be the guy or one of the main cogs of an offense right when he gets to Ohio State. But we're going to hear, I'm sure, in a few months when they have signing day, when the coaches are allowed to actually talk about the recruits that they have signed, we'll hear it more from the horse's mouth of you know what they liked uh, in Colin White, who's going to be a Buckeye in a few months. And uh, you know we'll see how he progresses this season. Would they take a third player in the class? Maybe. Um, the one that we're all paying attention to is Aiden Sherrill. Is he, is he a four-star or a five-star? He might be a five-star. I know he's like a top 40 he's guy. A, he's a five-star. He was supposed to commit last weekend, and he only had one crystal ball, and it was to Alabama. And like the day before his commitment, he postponed it and didn't put a new date. And is that good for Ohio State? Is that bad for Ohio State? Probably neither. But I don't think it can be bad because all signs, correct me if I'm wrong, were pointing towards Alabama. And then he's like, no, 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 hold it. I'm not ready. And there's a top five or a top eight that includes Ohio State, Alabama. I have to pull it up. but um, The top five of Bama, Ohio State, Texas, Oklahoma, Michigan State. If anybody should be nervous, it should be Nate Oates and Alabama because they probably thought they had a commitment coming last weekend that did not happen. Um, could he still commit to Alabama? Sure. Um, but I guess of the top five, the only school that probably should be a little concerned is Alabama. The other four all of a sudden – now have it looks like another opportunity to to get him. I I definitely comment on this kind of stuff too much, like the dialogue on Twitter and stuff. But like there was a couple of comments under when when uh Main Cheryl said he was or told Joe Tipton that he was uh <laughs> that he was postponing his commitment date. They were like Nate Oates washed, you know Nate Oates. It's like what are we doing here? <laughs> like Nate Oates is going to be the next coach of Kentucky whenever Cal's done. Let's be very honest here. I thought that was Chris Holtman. Well, that hey, he'll get a phone call. People like to yell at me for saying that. He'll get a phone call. He loves oh, he loves Ohio, he loves Ohio State too much. By that time, he'll have two or three rings. You know, he has to stay. Um, he will absolutely get a phone call if that ever happens. Oh, but carry on. On a hundred percent, get a phone call anyway. Um, but but uh, yeah, it can't be bad. I mean, he was definitely leaning Alabama. That was where the the rumors were. I do think the Michigan State thing's interesting because they'll probably still have Xavier Booker. And they're very similar players to what I understand. So I don't know if they really do coexist. You could also say the same thing about Ohio State. They could have three centers on their on their r- roster next year. Aiden Sherrill's like a day one starter kind of guy. Uh, when it comes to the who they'll take in the class, I'll say this. Jaden Quantance and Aiden Sherrill are both fringe five stars. If they call Chris Holman tomorrow and say, hey, coach, I'm coming, they're not going to say no. <laughs> they're going to figure it out. Right. They're going to make sure they get on campus and they'll, they'll, they'll get the logistics sorted out later. Um, so, you know, when you have a chance, it looks, I, I, it looks like I just had a stroke. It looks like um, Quantance is kind of a decent possibility, which I wasn't, I didn't expect. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere with the reclassification. And then, you know, seems like everything he's talked about, especially his dad, has talked really highly about Ohio State. I had no idea his dad went to Kent State. Um, so he said, 
I actually laughed at this quote. <laughs> Kent State caught kind of some, some shade because uh, his dad told Jardy if it was all about location, he would just go to Kent State. Uh, <laughs> but it's not, right. <laughs> which is kind of funny, uh, which also doesn't really make sense because they're they live in North Carolina. But nevertheless, um, so I, I don't know. It seems like Michigan State fans were very happy he pushed it, thinking that that helped them a lot because they kind of viewed them as like second in that race. But it definitely can't hurt Ohio State. It, it only hurts Bama because if he would have committed on set. The weird part was he, he postponed his commitment date but didn't give a new one. So I don't know if he's pushing this thing late. I don't know if he's maybe wants to go on a couple more visits. I have no idea. But it, it's normally like if they postpone it, they're like, okay, let me just do it like two weeks from now, a week from now, you know, whatever. He didn't give a new date. So I don't know if it's going to come soon. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's He's giving, already visited. It's, it's so far. It's giving a little. Uh, uh, what was the uh, Efton Reed? Remember that when his mom kept tweeting oh, he's going to commit, dude. And yeah, that was kept weird... not committing. Oh God, that was the weirdest recruitment ever. That was such a pain in the ass to cover. Oh my God, it's like we were all like on Twitter, like, is he doing it? Is he doing it? Is... And then what was his? his he's not even like, been good, man. Twitter. He's been. He's not even been good. He's transferred twice since then. He's not a Gonzaga. Anymore. Yeah, um, I don't even know where he is anymore. Wrong. But like. He originally went to oh LSU, my. then he went to Gonzaga. He might still be at Gonzaga, but um, dude had yeah, he had more commitment dates set than probably he's had baskets made. He is still at Gonzaga, um, but yeah, but nevertheless, you know, hopefully it doesn't turn into that. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, like I said, it can't hurt them. He would be a great kid. So he's an AAU teammate right now with with uh, John Mobley Jr., Ohio yeah. State's uh, other twenty twenty four commit, and like they've already talked to to Mobley like. He's been like, he's had interviews where they're like, oh, are you recruiting him to Ohio State? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I always, you know, I'm always pitching, pitching Ohio State to him to see if we can keep hooping together in college. Um, but he, I just did look on 24 7, and he is a four star. He's a high four star. Um, yeah, for some reason, Google on five plays. has him as a five star, but or on three, on, but on three's recruiting is weird. So I don't know. He's the number 36 player in the country, according to 24 7. So that would try to, the, the cutoff from five to four star is usually like, I want to say like mid to late twenties. So like, he's not probably going to end up as a five-star, at least if you, if you do 24 seven, which is what I usually default to, um, but very high four-star guy. Again, one of the higher, um, potentially higher commits. since and Chris Holman took over. It's interesting because by all accounts, they don't have to add a big guy because more than likely next year, they'll still have Zed Key, Felix Akpar and um, who's the other guy? Austin Park, sorry. Austin Park. And uh, <laughs> my my brain is in a pickle right now. Um, so by all accounts, we'll still have all three of them. Obviously, like I said, if Quantins or Cheryl like do say they want to come to Ohio State, you make it work. You don't you don't have like, well, we don't want, you know, you, you make that work. Um, I'd rather have Quantins, I think, personally, just from what I've seen. I think he's more of like a what could work with what I vision this team being next year. It's hard with the transfer portal and you know. Who knows of Gail Thornton, of all the sophomores and freshmen who might go to the league? I it's still that quote of Jardy saying like they want to add a big man just in case Felix Akpar goes to the league kind of throws me off because I never thought that would be maybe a possibility. But I guess you know that's just planning for all different circumstances. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if they do add a like a Shiro or a Quantance in this. By the way, there's no chance I'm saying his name, last name right. So I just want to point that out. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm like, I'm very sure it's acquaintance. Acquaintance. 
Yeah, there's like an I. I'm not saying enough letters, so there's no way I'm no, saying it correctly. But uh, nevertheless, um, if they do add that, this is a really solid recruiting class in terms of what you're adding because you're getting a you're getting a sharp shooting guard, a versatile wing, and a star big man, which is kind of like the goal in every recruiting class. So um, that'll be that'll be really cool to watch. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Again, it all. Got- yeah. He's got a visit still scheduled for Alabama for September. He's got a visit scheduled, uh, Aiden Sherrill. Okay. Um, I don't know as much about Jaden Quaintance. There hasn't been as much on Twitter about him, but with Sherrill's, it's been really uh, quiet. With with Sherrill's, his commitment getting postponed, I was I just thought it was I was curious about what visits he had scheduled, and he still has Alabama, who was who is slash was the, the favorite has a uh, visit scheduled for Alabama in the fall as a visit a schedule at Michigan state for three weeks after the Alabama visit. Um, he has already done visits at Ohio state and Oklahoma. And I believe Texas was his fifth. And it's according to 24 seven, it looks like he hasn't visited Texas. So, I, you know, in, in uh, the age of NIL, when you can throw the bag at somebody just cause they haven't had a visit does not mean they're out of the running, but at least first look, he hasn't visited Texas. So you would think that maybe they're not the leader at least. Um, but you know, it's got some visits lined up. Just very makes you pause when you when when as a program, if you're Nate Oates and you think you've got a commitment coming your way, and then all of a sudden he hits the brakes and says, "Ah, not actually sure." And you're like, "Oh boy." Yeah, the it, you want to talk about a weird like six schools? From what I've seen from Jaden Quantins, kind of like the six he's really looking. I don't think he's narrowed down a list yet, but like the six that seem to be somewhat in the lead for him is like Kansas, Kentucky, Ohio state, Missouri, Washington, and Cincinnati. That's a, that's a list of six right there. Um, the real question, Connor is how does Cooper flags reclassification help Ohio state get him? I actually was going to look, I I didn't look, but I should, I was curious if Ohio state even like offered. Do the, do, yeah. Why do not? they even offer? <laughs> like I was, I was laughing my ass off because I saw on on um, <laughs> on Colin White's page. I realized that um, Rice Rice University actually offered Colin yeah. White two wow. weeks ago, which was like after he had like set his five. I'm pretty sure of like, hey, here are my five my five power five schools that I'm down to, and Rice was like, hey, we're gonna throw you an offer. And he's like, you know, <laughs> oh, appreciate it. But I was like, you know, did Ohio State offer Cooper Flag just to be like, yeah, we're one of the fifty schools that offered and offered a. Darren Peterson, why not? Ohio State, I'm 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 sure they've offered Darren Peterson. Oh yeah, no Ohio, State, yeah, I'm, but Kent did when he was like 12. <laughs> they were like just in case. <laughs> no, Ohio State, it says hasn't even offered Cooper Flag. What are we doing, Chris? Get I in mean, there and just, mix it up, man. Yeah, just get on the phone. You know, just get on the phone and just say, look, what would it take? All right, <laughs> let's just start what there. The hell are we, bro? What are, what are we doing, Chris? Iowa's offered him. Listen, Fran thinks he has a chance. Well, Providence yeah. has offered him. Of course, UCF offer has offered him. Uh, whoever the coach is at West Virginia has offered him. I don't know. Maybe it was Bob Huggins before he popped off. Maybe it was the new coach. West Virginia's offered him. Probably Durham, on, honestly. Chris. He got a, little, got a little liquid courage and was like, you know what? I'm calling Cooper Flag. He sent Cooper Flag a drunk text that was offering him a scholarship. <laughs> Cooper, I'm in Columbus and I've got a scholarship waiting for you. Yeah, he was in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I mean, it'd be great if they got it. It is, it is interesting because there's a. I, I saw a small rumor that uh, which one, which boozer is the better one, Cameron or Caden? 
I think Cameron. Cameron. I saw a small rumor he might reclassify too, which would then put Darren Peterson as the number one recruit in the country in 2025, which has Ohio State ever got that except Greg Oden? I know Greg Oden was the number one recruit in the country, but I think that was the only – I don't think so. Top, I'm sure that's the only top recruit they've ever got. So that'd be cool. But nevertheless, we're on 2024 right now. Nevertheless. The good part is, in to, to the point of 2025, with 2025 being so loaded with Darren Peterson, Jerry Easter, Dorian Jones, all these guys – it's nice to have your 2024 recruiting class basically for lack of a better, you know, basically locked up. I mean, you have Mobley, you have White, you might add Cheryl, Quantance, or Burns, probably nobody outside of those three. Um, now you can just focus on 2025 and really getting that recruiting class locked down. And, you know, it's one of those things where we talked about this last episode. When you have two recruiting classes of five guys in a row, the next two are going to be kind of smaller. So, there's not going to be as many booms for Ohio State over the next year or two, but there might be a couple big ones. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope, is that you can add a good 24 class and then a, a one- or two-man 25 class where you ideally get one of those elite guards that have Ohio ties, stack them on top of uh, this current class that they're bringing in, that by that point will be upperclassmen, and you just keep retaining talent, stacking talent, and that's how you have consistent success. Um, speaking of consistent success, um, a program that has had a lot of success lately is UCLA and it was announced just this week or maybe late last week. Yeah, dude, they made a national championship game like two years ago, didn't they? Or three years ago? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Jalen Suggs. Jeez. Yeah. Shout out to Jalen Suggs hitting the bank shot in the the empty arena. Um, anywho, the Buckeyes are going to take on UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic this season. That game is going to be on December 16th at 3 p.m. UCLA might be, I mean, Ohio State had a bad record last year, so it also could be the Buckeyes. But UCLA could be, you know, lowers your voice and whispers. UCLA might be the worst team out of the four in the CBS Sports Classic. They lost a lot. They lost five, a five lot. Of their top, five of their top six scores. I mean, I don't want to get into details because I don't know who they have coming in in their freshman class. I guess it's only a Google search away that I could find pretty easily. But I only see a few names on this UCLA roster that I recognize. They have pretty much lost most of their major contributors off of the, you know, the really successful teams they've had in the last few seasons. You know, Jaime Hawkins is gone. Uh, Tiger Campbell is gone. Um, I mean, I I think a good example of kind of how much they lost is the fact that their 2023 recruiting class does have seven guys in it. And weirdly enough, four international guys. So I don't take that for what you will, but they have seven guys. Oh my gosh. But their highest rank, their highest rank guy is a French kid named, I'm not even going to try, a French kid uh, who's ranked 40th and first in the state which that doesn't make any sense because from France, maybe he went to high school somewhere else anyway. <laughs> but, um, and then Sebastian Mack is a Nevada kid who uh, he's 63, Brandon Williams, 66 and Devin Williams, 77. So um, they're not related. So there's a lot of, uh, and then they have a kid from Slovenia, Spain, who's seven, three, who they just signed. That's what I was talking about before we started recording, by the way. Um, and a kid from Turkey, six, nine. So, I mean, they got a lot of, yeah. They got and they also brought in Lazar Stavanovich from Utah. I remember he was he's a pretty good player, good shooter. So 
they have a new they have a brand new team. Adam Bone is really the only guy they bring back uh who did put his name in the draft, but he pulled it out. I believe he missed the tournament, right? Was he the one that was hurt? That sounds right. He's a really good defensive I, player, but um I know who yeah, I don't remember if he played. I feel like he may have played. I mean, you're replacing uh, like everything that's hard to replace, right? You're replacing Amari Bailey, the star freshman. You're replacing Tiger Campbell, your three-year point guard, maybe four-year at this point. You're replacing Hami Haquez, the star of the team. You're replacing everybody. So it is it is interesting. It's nice they're getting him in December because they might not have everything figured out yet. Obviously, trust in Mick Cronin. He'll get it, he'll get it sorted out. But, um, I mean, Kentucky's definitely a question mark in terms of the – the funny part is all four teams in CBS Sports Classic could be good and could be bad, honestly. North Carolina has a, a lot of brand new guys. Their, their floor is probably the, the highest just because they're bringing back R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Plus, when yeah. you get transfers like Harrison Ingram, you can kind of only be so bad. Uh, Kentucky's relying on all freshmen again, so we'll just see how that goes. And then Ohio State, you know, I mean, we're high on them, but the national media doesn't really seem to be, so we'll see. But who cares about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that Ohio State might might be better than it's so hard just because I'm not familiar. Like it's it's tough to see that freshman class at UCLA's, like you said, you got three international players who are unranked. They're past the two hundred, like they're not even in the top two hundred. Two of which were signed four, in the past week, by the way. And then you yeah, and then you got um four four star guys, one of them's a top. 60 guy, which is, you know, pretty darn solid, probably going to be a solid college player, but it's tough to expect those guys to all just step in gel and, you know, have a, a bunch of freshmen lead a team. So I I don't know, but they, it's going to be a game that actually Ohio state will have an opportunity to win. I think, um, it's kind of one of those where it was being reported that they were going to play Kentucky. Like that was like assumed for a while. And then last week or a few weeks ago, actually it came out that like, no, they're, probably going to play ucla so yeah um shout out to december 16th by the way connor kentucky unc ohio state ucla kansas indiana arizona purdue houston AM. that's a skip that's a slate and a half Ugh, i will not my drafting my my drafting account is going to be empty by the end of the doing, day i'll be doing nothing that day yeah i mean that'll be a fun game they gotta it'll be interesting to see i'm very you can give me yours i guess next this is just off the top of my head. I think the game I'm most excited for is Ohio State A&M just because it's like the first game of the season and A&M is bringing back pretty much their entire core outside of Dexter Dennis. So it's going to be kind of a trial by fire for these guys uh, for what is a fairly new starting lineup, right? It could be if Akpara starts over key, you'll pretty much have four new starters. The only one returning would be Thornton probably. So um, I'm really excited for the AM game. And then, you know, you have UCLA kind of right around the corner there, too. So, and then obviously, where are they going? Alabama. Yeah. What's that called? The Emerald Coast, the Emerald yeah, Coast Emerald Classic. Coast they've, Classic. Got, they've got Alabama. And then potentially, if they win that, they also play Oregon. And then they have West Virginia as well. Um, yeah. Oregon kind of stinks, though, right? They're another team that I would, I need to look at another future Big Ten program. I need to look at their roster and see what they, what they bring back. Um, but yeah, A&M's going to be fun. It's a home game. Um, it, that's a really unique pairing. I don't know how many times Ohio state has played Texas A&M ever. Um, so that'll be a, a very unique, uh, matchup home. I'm super excited to be there. Yeah. That'll be, 
that'll be a fun one. But do you have anything? Uh, we got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, it's going to be a sweaty game for old uh, uh, Buzz Buzz Williams. The um, uh, what's what's the team's name? Texas A&M's head coach. He likes to sweat, so just keep that in mind. I'm trying to look up yeah. uh, how how many times Ohio State's played A&M, but I can't find it. So that probably means not a lot. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that game. Like I said, just because you know Wade Taylor is like that's that Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford are two of the better guards in the country duos. So to see them against Thornton and Gale will be a lot of fun early on in the season. That's all I got. All right. My, my last my last PSA is just let let the recruits be the recruits. Maybe he'll surprise you. Yeah. Still, you're still a whole the the recruiting rankings and stuff will will fluctuate. Yeah, he's not up, on campus. Um, he's got a whole nother year potentially to, to move the ranking, but it's not like you've never seen a three-star recruit go to college and, <laughs> and have a, have a good career, be a productive player, even, you know, get drafted, play professionally. It happens all the time. So I wouldn't jump to any conclusions a year out anyway. Make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you Stitcher, wherever you get your uh, music and podcasts so that you will uh, get notifications whenever we put out episodes. This was episode 82. We're hoping to have an interview, hopefully, for episode 83. Um, a big guest. So uh, check back with us in a couple weeks. Hopefully we can pull that one off. You Argu- want to miss Arguably the, the biggest. Arguably the biggest. Potentially a return guest, potentially the biggest guest you could ask for. We're hoping to uh, have that pulled off for episode 83. So you don't want to miss that. So make sure you subscribe on Spotify, wherever you uh, get your podcast so that you will be notified when we drop that one in a few weeks. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at BucketheadsLGPN. You can also follow me at Justin underscore Golba. Maybe not underscore, not positive, but there's not many Justin Golbas out there. So if you find that, you find me. And then you can find me at Lamons, L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor on Twitter. You stayed this long with us. We appreciate you for listening. Have a great weekend and go Bucks. <laughs>